0: looking for um, more than just, again, more than just a place to come do their work. I'm looking for you know, those who are 100% dedicated to, to changing lives and to sharpening their craft and to just being the best possible A-plus, high-performance, overachieving individual.
1: Southwest Florida is one of the most beautiful places on the planet to live. For those of you that are thinking of moving from other states to come to Florida, or even just moving to a different part of the state, I want you to think of a big, beautiful luxury home. Contact Legacy Luxury Builders. They are a family-owned and operated luxury residential construction company. As a family-owned business, they believe in the power of building not just homes, but legacies contact Legacy Luxury Builders. Unlock your true potential on the field and court with our peak mental performance program for athletes. Train your mind to conquer challenges, stay focused under pressure, and achieve unparalleled success. Our expert coaches will guide you through personalized techniques, enhancing concentration, resilience and confidence. Picture yourself outperforming your rivals, making split second decisions with clarity and achieving victory like never before. Join us today and elevate your game to new heights. Peak mental performance program where champions are forged in the mind. Email me today, sean.french at thedeterminedsociety.com for more information. See you inside. What is up everybody back with another episode of the podcast The determined society today I have a special gift. You know, I talk a lot about athletes and their development and I get really passionate and pissed off when kids are being overworked, burnt out and having Tommy John surgery at 11 years old and you know. All these types of injuries with their knees, ankles, you name it. Well, today I have with me some wellness experts, some recovery experts right here in Southwest Florida, and I'm super jacked to have them on. You may have been seeing me with needles in my arm. Well, that was Apex Physical Therapy. So I have Angie McGilvery, and then right next door, an amazing amazing business called Live Resilient Southwest Florida, Cold Plunge, Infrared Saunas, Massage, all the things that you can think of. And quite frankly, guys, I think after the show, Jason Wins is going to get me into that cold plunge that I'm absolutely scared of. I always talk about growth mindset, but I'm scared of cold water. So again, with me today, I have Angie with Apex Physical Therapy and jason wins from live resilient southwest Forest. so we have a badass show today welcome y'all hey happy to be here good morning hey, man what's up guys i love the background it's a really cool i mean dude you got that shiplap and it says live resilient i i just love what that what that specific name you know what it means live resiliently right so um thank you guys for popping on so quickly. I know we didn't have much time to flip this, uh, schedule around, but you guys really bailed me out in a jam. I had a scheduling, um, change and you know, it's very odd for me not to have like four or five in the bank and, uh, you guys stepped up. So I just want to thank you guys so much.
2: Our pleasure. You know, we were just talking about that as well. It's like, all right, what's more resilient than just going, uh, um, you know, less than 24 hour
1: notice and let's just see what happens I agree with you and it's so cool because you know I've I actually you know like I said in the intro I haven't had experience with your side of the business yet but I have had experience with Angie's side of the business right there over at Apex and I mean I tell you what you guys do great work over there you have some amazing people Danica and Ben like I, I just when I walk in there and it's just like dude I feel like I'm, I'm like Norm at Cheers it's really cool <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much, Sean. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to say about culture, right? So when you guys are building businesses and, you know, things like that, like you guys, you and your husband, Joe started Apex in Chicago back in 2005. And Jason, you're a couple years in over here at Live Resilient, right? If, if my memory serves me correctly.
2: Yeah. Just like, uh, probably almost a year and a half. Yeah.
1: Right. Right. So, you know, I want you guys to you know to warm the show up and and kind of talk about culture because I think culture is important when you're building businesses and you're building you know sports teams. You know um, I would imagine that you guys are so connected that you have the same culture over at Live Resilient that they do at Apex. But I got to tell you guys, it's you're not when people walk in there, they're not feeling like they're there. You know, like oh man, I got to do this damn rehab, I got to do this treatment. They're there and people are friendly, and it's almost like. I kind of want to go hang out there. Right. I mean, so walk me through that guys. Like that's, that's a tough culture to build.
0: Yeah. There's a lot to unpack in that, Sean, for sure. Mm -hmm. And I greatly appreciate you bringing that up because it's been something that probably around 2019 is when I really started digging deep on how do I create the best culture I possibly can. It was really when that became very apparent that that was a, a huge necessary ingredient for Apex's success. And um, one of the biggest things is purpose, is really making sure that you are leading with, you know, through your, not, not, well, first defining it, right? And then leading with and acting upon and just showing the behaviors and everything driven around what that purpose is. Um, and interestingly enough, um, it was Jason who. Uh, actually inspired the purpose to be written. You know, it's something that's yeah. in your gut, right? It's something that, like, intrinsically you know, but because it's such an emotional topic, like, how do you just put words behind it? And one day, Jay and I were uh, were at Apex, and he was training someone, and something great happened, and we were celebrating that, that client's win, and Jay just casually said to me, changing lives. And that was just like that moment where I was like, that's, that's exactly right. That's exactly what we do here. And so we've really built our culture around that, uh, around that purpose. And, um, I think that's really just been like the most, you know, basic ingredient.
1: Dude, I love that. Jason, what are your thoughts on that?
2: I think you could say that live resilient was birthed out of the same place. Um, and, I've had this thought, you know, pretty recently is like when and people probably do as well, is like when should I start a business? And I think the answer is when the alternative is more costly than not starting the business. And I think that because we have that vision of like what we're doing has a great purpose, um that we can we can go forward and we can do the sacrifices that Come with it, and we can uh, encourage others. We can build up the team um, and create that culture because we understand that we have a vision moving forward that's purposeful. I
1: love it. I love it. So, you, I'm going to tell you from a consumer standpoint. I've 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 already given you guys major kudos on the culture there, but I I want to dive in a little deeper on it because it starts at the front, right? I call it the, the manager of first impressions or the director of first impressions, that person that when you walk into any business, especially, um, you know, kind of a physical therapy facility, you're, you're worried, you know, you're worried that they're going to sit there and say, all right, dude, can't help you go get shoulder surgery for the second time, you know, and at 45, that's not something I'm really wanting to freaking do, right? Because it's going to set me back more. Okay. Um, but everybody in there, is having fun doing their job, right? They don't look at it as, and you can tell, like I work with, I work with Ben, right? And, and Danica would just throw knives in my shoulders. Um, and, um, and, you know, the thing that I love about it is just that everybody's playful. And when you're there doing it, it's like, that's the last place, you know, conceptually somebody wants to be is sitting in a chair in a, in a, in a freaking tank top that doesn't fit. Okay. By the way, can you get bigger freaking tank tops for Christ's sakes? Um, and then, and then like, but, but it being so playful to a point where I'm sitting there having casual conversation with Ben and he's just cranking up the, the, the electricity and I'm jumping and he thinks it's funny okay he thinks it's funny but he's he's doing it out of love he's doing it because he knows if i'm getting comfortable with that threshold then he needs to push it right so but again i go on tangents my apologies but the the overall tone is people are there and it's like they're not working they are playing like it is the most positive environment i've been in in a very long time guys
0: that uh you're filling my cup it's overflowing
1: Sean <laughs> <laughs> I know. it's like are you crying do you guys like my Winnie the Pooh cup? <laughs> or no I think it's no it's a dog but I, it, it looks like it should be Winnie the Pooh <laughs> anyway, I know it's cool I'm manly go ahead sorry <laughs> um you know
0: I 100% like Part of it also comes from a recruiting standpoint as well. I'm only looking for those that are a plus players and are looking for um, more than just, again, more than just a place to come do their work. I'm looking for, you know, those who are 100% dedicated to to changing lives and to sharpening their craft and to just being the best possible a plus high performance overachieving individual. And, you know, Part of that is innate in in a lot of us, right? Part of it, obviously, we can teach and we can, uh, you know, we we can teach and we can grow those folks as well. But part of it, they have to have a little bit in them. So when we go through our recruiting and onboarding process, um, I don't necessarily look for somebody whose resume shows that they have the best PT skill set. Um, or who, you know, I, I don't necessarily care about the letters behind the name and what they look like on paper. I want to know what their core values are. I want to mm-hmm. know what their soft skills are like. I want to know. So we bringing people on board who have, you know, growth mindset is one of our core values. It's on the wall, you know, at, at Apex. We've been talking about that word a lot this morning. And so we talk to, you know, we ask those people about, You know, what what is it? Tell us about a challenge you've recently overcome and how did that make you feel? And and what did you do about it? And, you know, those are the sort of questions that that we really dig in. Tell me about a time that you served somebody else before you when you were Mm. altruistic. Let's talk about that. And so um, building a foundation of folks who we have that common value set, it makes it just, you know, A players want to be around A players and then you just have fun all day.
1: No, that's the truth. You know, I can, I can definitely tell you that you guys have done a great job there. You know, Jason, I've seen you roaming around there too. Everybody's always smiling. I gotta tell you, you gotta work on your dance moves though, man. You know, like, like that dude, I don't, I don't know what you were trying to do, like a sea walk or what the hell that was, but you know, I know some dancers, we can get them in there to do some choreography for you.
2: We, which we've done. We've danced with dancers before. We need to step it up. We, we need to step it up. And get know, on that. We're <laughs>
1: I'm just, I'm just messing That's with the,
2: you, man. I Figure skater in there, and she was trying to show me how to do like a double axle. I could yeah hate it but
1: I always try <laughs> absolutely man and that's the thing dude like that's the growth mindset right it all ties back to growth mindset and like you said angie all over the walls is one percent better one percent better if we can just be one percent better every single day it seems it's it's simple it's simple but it's not easy right there takes there's a lot of work that goes into becoming one percent better every day um so Jason when you think about one percent better, what is it for you on a daily basis that you need to you need to execute in order to become one percent better to be the ultimate version of of who you want to be?
2: That's a, I mean, that's a lot. Probably, like Andy says, a lot to unpack there. But I think mm-hmm. kind of going back to like the previous discussion, um, the PT world, the strength and conditioning world, the recovery world. What so many people probably miss is that. The simple fact is that we're in the business of dealing with people. And, and so to be people-oriented, I think, is kind of what you get that feel from when you step into Apex. And um, although we continue to search for knowledge, ways to improve, um, and the actual background of what we're dealing with, at the end of the day, we're, we're working with how do we help other people improve their life? And I think for me, being able to provide that for, for someone continues to make me want to be better. Mm. Um, and so I think it, it all kind of ties in with, with the purpose as well. It's like the option, the alternative of not being my best self is not being able to provide other people that chance for themselves. Um, We talk about this idea with, with we resilient as well as like (laughs) you have to fill up your own cup before you're able to effectively pour into others. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I think we both get really filled up when we hear the, the impact that we have through other people's lives. Hey, you know, like you said, like, I was able to to work out. I was able to do these things that I wasn't able to do, mm-hmm. and um, that continually fills up fills up our cup um, just hearing those things and knowing that uh, what we're doing is making a difference so like for me it's 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 simple it's it's keeping my ear open, paying attention to the things that uh people are telling me, listening effectively mm-hmm. um, and uh and doing my best to stay. That at the forefront of my mind, like, this is what we're
1: yeah. for. You know, it's funny, most successful people, right, have this ideology, and it's deeply ingrained in them. It's it's a real it's a real thing. It's authentic, being outwardly focused. It's never about that. It's never about the the finger pointing back, right? It's always about how can I be better so that I can give more. And what I've noticed in my journey in podcasting and building my business with my athletes is when I'm starting to struggle for my words and, and help them and you know, I'll get lower energy. I'm I'm a human being. I'm I'm not, you know, I, I'm not safe from all those things. I have my kryptonite as well. Right. And, but, but the one thing that I notice is when I'm working on myself constantly being very intentional about everything in my day, man, when I talk to my athletes, I just light up. Right. And when I'm on the mic, I light up. It's a lot of fun, you know? So it's, it's, it's about other people. And sometimes, and I want the audience to really close their eyes and listen to this, like seriously, close your eyes. It is the fact that you have to be selfish. This word selfish has such a negative connotation to it. Break it down, self-ish, okay? It doesn't mean you're a jerk or an a-hole. What it means is, you know, you have to dive into yourself, guys. If you want the best for your children, you want the best for your employees, you want the best for the, the people that you work with on a day-to-day basis and with your, with your business, then you have to be the best version of yourself because everybody involved with you deserves that. And if you don't give them that, you are being entitled, in my opinion. Like To me, that's the form of selfish that has the negative connotation to it. Someone who's unwilling to do the work so they can pour into other people, right? And and when you do that work on yourself, it's amazing how you don't get tired. You don't get tired of giving, right?
0: Yes. I, I love that you brought that up, Sean, because um, just this last weekend, um it's, it's like, it's hard. Like we're, we're human, like everybody else too. It's hard for me to take time away from apex and fill my own cup. Like it's, it's something that I, you know, struggle and again, try to be 1% better every day. And in this past weekend, uh, Joe and I went up to Texas for a, uh, a conference and, um, there was a lot that went around like, Oh my gosh, should we go, but we got this going on and that and on and on. And then I was like, but you know what? Like we have not gotten away, like literally stepped away since the hurricane and been in mm-hmm. space. We have to go for our team because we need to fill ourselves up to be better leaders. And we came back and I got to tell you, like I'm just like exploding with how we're going to grow, how we're going to expand, how we're going to help more people who are going to collaborate with. Like, I just came back on fire ready to go and spending like that last day there that Sunday just sitting we took a five-mile walk in Austin, Texas and I mean it was just it was gorgeous and just taking all of that in it's like yes that's what we need to there's no place else I need to be than right here because this is what this is what is going to you know, get us even further, change more lives. Like it was, it was great. And I I appreciate you bringing that up because, you know, that was on a little bit of a bigger scale, but with Live Resilient, we see that in our, like, you know, everyday folks who it's like, man, I don't have time to come in and float in a salt float for Mm -hmm. an hour. I I don't have time to, you know, Oh, I I feel selfish. I feel guilty about that. And, And we see, we see our folks struggle with that sometimes.
1: It's a great point. Right. And, and I think that we all at, at some point or another struggle with stepping back so we can move forward. And, and this is a good you brought up a, that triggered something to in me in, in a positive way. So there was a there was a four month time span right around February. I think it might have been I don't even really know what it was because it seems like eons ago. But I took about a four month break from recording the 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 whole business you know part of you know the the podcasting the whole you know social media thing feeling like i was less and i started doing a lot of comparisons and i robbed myself of the joy of what i was doing to a point where i would still love to record but like i didn't want to do show notes i didn't want to do, cut up the reels like it was just too cumbersome for me at that point because like mentally i was just beat right and i'm like okay well This is causing some arguments within my household with my wife and because I'm just, just always upset and always sad. And so I decided one week I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do a show. Then it turned into another another week and another week and another week and another week. And, and quite literally it was, I think three and a half, four months that I did not record a show. And for me, it was done. It was done. Like I didn't care anymore. And I was just, for me, I just wanted to pour into my family. I wanted to be there. And I was like, I'm not going to start back until I feel I have a good, like, grasp on what success means in this space for me, right? And I had this, this, um, author and, um, resilience coach reach out to me, uh, Taryn Marie Deiskel, big, big, you know, figure in the, in the business that we, that we all do. And she asked me for help. She wanted to do a live, an Instagram live to help promote her book. And without hesitation, I'm like, yeah, well, how about you just hop on my podcast? I'm like, oh shoot. No, no, please say no, please say no. Cause I didn't know if I wanted to do it yet, you know, but I, I respected the fact that she was so much bigger, you know, in her, in her journey and reached out to me for help. So that kind of triggered one thing in my mind, like, okay, I'm doing nothing right now. This is the definition of selfish you, you're scum, like, let's go, let's get back at it. And we did the show and then I've grown so much since then. And the show's gotten better. And I stopped looking to the right and to the left of me and just started pouring into what I'm doing here. And I, and I feel better about it. But to your point, I was thinking, I can't walk away from this. I've got too much going on. People are depending on me. And you know, and I, I, cause I would get a, I would get a message on Instagram every single week. Hey, when are you coming back? when you come back, I go, when I come back, stop asking. Mm -hmm. Like literally I was starting to get mad. I'm like, stop asking. It's not about you. Like when I come back though, it's, I'm I'm coming back. Like it's going to be full on, right? Get ready, put your seatbelt on. And it's been like that. So, um, you know, sometimes you're in a place where you think you can't step away, but you need to. So that's awesome. That's awesome. So let's chat here about what we really do. Right. So, um, wellness from a resilience perspective, right? Um, resilience from all angles of wellness. It's so important when people's bodies hurt, it can affect their livelihood, right? It it affects how they, how they act for me. The injury has put, I'm probably 15 pounds extra right now. Right. The injury slows me down because it puts me in a mindset. If I can't lift then Oh, well then those Reese's are up there. Like, like, you know, it's all connected. Right. So let's dive into what you guys feel like, you know, Jason, when you, when you messaged me about coming onto the show, you know, let's talk about that actual idea that, that how we build resilience through
2: wellness. Sure. Uh, I guess this will touch on a little bit of like the breathing process of, of Live resilient out of apex. Cause, um, I was working over there. I still do uh, as a strength conditioning coach, um, training a lot of athletes. But what AJ and I saw is there's so many more holes to plug for our athletes, um, for our everyday people that are coming in, because um, pain is multifactorial. It's coming from all different angles. Um, so is like your mood, right? So mm-hmm. um, how can we attack this from a nutrition angle? Um, what are some recovery strategies? How do we help people sleep better? Um, like from a more holistic standpoint, we realize how intertwined these things are. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of where Live Resilient was birthed out of Apex, that um, if we're going to, if I have the goal of helping people to live better lives and not just get out of pain, um, there's a lot of, a lot of things to attack. Um, I have a lot of holes to plug. I have a lot of holes to plug. That's what Jay likes, likes to, to say. Yeah. <laughs> so, um and the broad scope is, uh, is to plug as many of those holes as we can. Um, mm-hmm. And and by doing so, um, and being able to offer whatever that person might need or be able to listen to them as they're talking, um, they're going to be better for it. Uh,
0: just, Jay, you said listen to them as they're talking. I think that's where the process starts, Sean, is it's all – it's all about each individual that comes in. It's what is their journey with us. As mm-hmm. we we're saying, like, it's not shoulder pain. I don't really care about your shoulder pain. I care about the fact that when we first met you, it was, damn, I can't lift my kid. Like, what's happening here with my shoulder? That was the piece mm-hmm. that was like, that. that is what we do. Like, no, no, I don't care about Sean's shoulder pain. We need to get Sean so he can he can lift. His kid. Like, he he, he wants to dress his kid. It was dressing. Like, I can't get my kid dressed. My shoulder hurts. Well, then how does that make you feel as a father, right? How does that make you feel Mm. as a husband? How does that make you feel now you can't go to the gym? Okay, now you're eating Reese's. Okay, now, like, going on that whole journey. Um, oh, and now I'm probably not sleeping as well because I've got these, like, I've got this sugar in my body. Now I'm becoming a little bit more toxic because I'm eating the wrong things. And now, you know, it's this whole cascade and mm-hmm. it's, it's about finding those little pieces. And as Jay said, just listening, just really listening to everything that that person says when they come in and providing some type of strategy to, to really holistically, you know, move along that spectrum of living better
1: so funny because when you talked about listening, Jason, when you said that, like, I don't know if you saw my facial expression, but I lit up and then Angie starts talking about it because the one thing I can, the, the, amongst all the other amazing things I said about y'all's businesses, like, I mean it, right? I mean, or else I wouldn't say it. You guys wouldn't be here. Um, big believer in what you guys do. And it's, it's needed. Um, it's needed in my life and it's needed in these athletes' lives and just, you uh, you know, Joe Schmo walking around that, you know, might be 60 and just wants to be able to walk up and down their stairs. Yeah. I felt listened to when I walked in there, it wasn't like, you know, well, this is what we're going to do. You know, uh, Ben listened to me. Ben's getting a lot of airtime. Good Lord. I feel like he should be in the middle of you guys. Exactly. Um, so- but like, he's so amazing. God, that I love that kid. He's just, in, he's insanely amazing. But so I, um, you know, I was talking to him and it was just, you could, I could tell he was listening. I'm like, you good? He goes, I'm just listening. And I, I sat there and I'm just like, huh? Like this kid is so young. And cause sorry, Ben, your kid still, um, he was actively listening. There's not very many people that actively listen anymore. They're, they're listening just so they could respond. Right. So they're not even really hearing what I'm saying. And It was almost like he was stoic. Just, li- just looking at me. I'm like, What's going on with this kid? Right. And he goes, okay. So what I'm hearing is this, this is what's bothering you. So this is what I think we're going to do, but you know, I want to get Danica over here. We're going to, we're going to look at you. I'm thinking maybe some micro needling, but I don't know yet. And I can tell you like whenever I'm there, cause I I just feel like everybody is just tuned in. Like everybody's collaborating to help the, 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 the people there, like the clients, the customers, right. The athletes, And to a point where I'm sitting there and I've got the stem on me with the micro needling. And I'm, I think it might've been that or something different, but I got, but then I'm like, Hey, you know, Ben, like my outside of my elbows, like hurt really bad. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like it, like when I grip something, it like hurts on the outside. And He goes, it's tennis elbow. I was like, dude, I don't play tennis. Why is it, you know, inflamed on both sides? And you know, then he's like, hold on a second dude while we're doing this we might as well do some cupping let's bring some blood to that area and i'm like dude what a service man like it it just i feel i just really feel a long story long is just you guys are spot on with the listening to what your people are saying because it's it's truly exercised
0: thank you we appreciate that you said collaboration there and uh you know that's another word that's on our wall that's that's another core value that we hold so um thank you for bringing for bringing that up appreciate it.
1: Hell yeah. I mean, it's part of your business plan. It's part of my business plan too. So the only way to really go far is to collaborate, right? Mm -hmm. And spoiler alert audience, we were talking before the show, we're going to do a follow-up call and we're going to find cool ways to partner and blow y'all's minds to give you the most value you could possibly, you know, get on social media and and like, like, wow, I want to be hurt. I want to go there. Um, but you know, it's funny because what I told them, I told Danica and Ben, like, I, I can't reach back like right now, this hurts. It's starting to hurt again. That's the labrum, right? So, um, I we have a sneaky suspicion that if I were to get an MRI, there'd be a tear in my labrum, right? Um, but that would be the third tear, right? Because they confirmed three. They confirmed two. Yeah, that's subscapular. Yeah, so that's subscap there yeah. is that what that is? Yeah. Okay, well, thank God. Hopefully, it's not a labrum. Yeah, reach um, seat can be subscap
0: a lot of times too.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, like, when I to to do my daughter's car seat so they can get out in the car line that's a thousand miles long every freaking day. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. It's just amazing. It's not even easy to get your kid to school or pick them up. But 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 for me now, I can do those things. And um, so anyway, we you know, it, it's it's less pain. But um, speaking of pain, what are you guys seeing as far as young athletes? especially baseball players throwing athletes with their injuries early on and where do you think it stems from and how can we fix it as a athletic society
0: yeah so typically i'm uh, on the physical therapy side i'm like the first uh stopping point from the pain standpoint right so Uh, typically they're coming to me hopefully uh first as uh as a first uh, primary care entry point for something musculoskeletal, right? Uh, I'm usually seeing an elbow or a shoulder, right? Those are my my baseball baseball kids, guys, gals. Um, And because baseball and softball is considered a non-contact sport, right? A lot of times these injuries are repetitive overuse uh, sort of situations, right? So it's usually... Something that has just over time, over time, over time um, has been building up until finally pain has spilled out into that elbow or shoulder. Um, So we look back at what can we do now first to stop the process, but then what can we do proactively and preventatively to keep moving forwards and prevent as much of this from occurring? So that's where, you know, we come in from a pain standpoint, and um, you know, most commonly, we're seeing uh, elbow ligament, elbow tendon issues, rotator cuff issues. Um, and typically, uh, the biggest thing is that they're not, they haven't built up an athletic foundation to support the repeated movement patterns that they're doing. So um, coaches are amazing at teaching them to throw and pitch and hit and do all of those things. But then this is where we kind of piggyback on what Jason is so great at from a strength and conditioning standpoint is also if, if you're going to be playing, not only do you need to get really good at your sport, but you need to get really good at building that athletic foundation underneath to support those repeated activities and the, You know, that's where, as myself and Ben and Danica and my team get them out of pain and uh, really hone in on some of those movement imbalances, which, spoiler alert, almost always come from the shoulder blade back here. That's typically upstream where we find a lot of the, uh, a lot of the the dysfunction. Then we turn them over to Jason and our strength and conditioning team where they build that athlete foundation Mm -hmm. underneath.
1: It's incredible it's incredible. Like these th- two things work hand in hand. This again, this is the collaboration we're talking about, right? And, and why not have it in house? Because if you don't, then they go somewhere else that may not understand what you're doing as a treatment plan. And these athletes can get hurt even more. You know, the one thing that I heard is overuse. I, I got to tell you, it's, it's, you know, it's going crazy in in and soccer and basketball and, and more so travel baseball. You know, I, I see eight year olds playing, 80 game seasons like dude like my kid's nine and oh no i'm sorry shoot he just turned 10 in halloween but i don't even have him in travel ball yet i haven't played in little league and you know i let him play fall ball this year under the condition that he was also going to play soccer because I don't want him being a one, a one dimensional dude. I want him to be able to do multiple things with my daughters. You know, they do gym, they do gymnastics, they do ice skating. I I want them to experience the full flavor of sports. And my youngest is I'm going to tell you right now, she's going to be a dope soccer player. She's Probably. yeah, dude, she's, she can, she's very coordinated with the ball. And, you know, so it's just one of those things where, Lance Berkman, a former Major League Baseball player, he's a first baseman, left-handed, amazing, spoke on this, and I actually put it on my, I reposted the video, and great credit where the credit was due for the original poster, but um, it talked about when he was little, right? They played 20 games in Little League, and then they would play 10 games for All-Stars, and that was it. Then he'd go play football, go play other sports. Like, How has early specialization impacted injury so much? Um, well, I think what you have, you're saying, like, Hey, I, I want to get my child in
2: multiple different sports is you're exposing them to a more variety of movement. Uh, mm-hmm. You're putting more stress in different parts of the body. Um, and that's kind of what I try to do as from the strength and conditioning side, if someone is, uh, is coming in just playing baseball well what I'm trying to do is provide them with stimulus that they're not going to receive from said sport Um, Mm -hmm. so the more exposure that we can get to strengthening to being under load um, to stressing these joints in a strategic way um, these muscles in a strategic way um, I think the better these athletes are going to be for it and so when kids are just playing one sport over and over and over again, and now the those sports are continually asking more of kids younger and younger, well, that's the same kind of movement patterns that they're kind of getting into on a regular basis without any other strength to help support that. So I think that's kind of where we see the, the overuse issues coming. in. we see it in uh, obviously baseball. We see it in gymnastics. Uh, we see it in lower bodies, you know, specific stuff, uh, basketball and soccer as well. Um, so I think having some sort of uh, strength protocol is a, is a good idea. And, and and I think I would say as a whole, coaches are, are grabbing onto this a little bit more now, um, although there's still room for improvement. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, the more strength and conditioning kind of stuff that, that these kids can do, even at a younger age, I think is, is important.
1: No, I, I think you're right, man. When you when you said when you are doing multiple sports, you're putting different stressors on different parts of the body, and so therefore, you know, for the audience that that may not truly understand what Jason is saying, the stress is what's going to build things, right? It's going to tear it down. It's going to give them strength, you know. So if you're a baseball player and you're deficient in one area, but then you play football, you're going to be you're going to you're going to close those gaps, right? And I think it's super important because what I'm saying now is just these kids are playing way too much baseball. You know, these kids are playing way too much soccer, playing way too much football, not really football, but like basketball. It's just, it's nonstop, right? There's a season, then there's another season. It's like, dude, like, what the hell? Like, be a kid. How important, and this is a great question, how important is just being a kid or a teenager in building well, resilience and wellness?
2: I think that's it. Do you
1: want to this is a big topic. This is a big topic.
0: <laughs> yeah. So again, when we go back to all of those facets, right? Like the physical and the sport is is one thing, um, mm-hmm. but what about what about everything else? Like this might take a little bit of a turn, but what about building resilience in? obviously we know sport is, I think we'll all agree that, you know, being involved in athletics and sports definitely builds you and carries into your adult life and into, you know, some of the foundations and and some of the values that you develop in in a very positive manner. However, um, it can also set us up for, um, our identity as just being right.
1: Dude, you guys are like, you guys are in my head. Keep going. (laughs) Good lord.
0: So, what happens at you know eighteen when we go away to college and we don't get that soccer scholarship and we're not that all-star soccer player anymore or that all-star baseball player anymore? And now, like, who are we? What? What, are, what is our purpose? What? What? What do we do with life? And and it really leaves that 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 gap, right? And we see a lot of young athletes young kids struggle with that um and so again like have to develop like all of those things outside build that resilience develop all of those things
2: yeah i want to touch on this as well because i think it goes back to what you're talking about being selfish is first of all can should you do these things because they enjoy them mm-hmm. and i think unfairly sometimes parents help to strip that away it becomes so much of a thing that like you have to do this because you want a scholarship to get into college. Um, and yeah, and because, you know, you have a better chance at doing this in baseball, we don't want you to play football. I mean, maybe kid's like, well, I actually just like playing football. <laughs> and and so uh, I think that's a whole nother topic to, to that, that we can, you know, maybe touch on another time, but it's like, have fun as a kid and you should do mm-hmm. things selfishly because you enjoy doing them and don't tie your identity to something so strongly because it's going to die eventually. <laughs>
1: Dude, like I just, it's, it's almost scary how you guys are in my head because I was <laughs> thinking, I was thinking like, you know, cause it's, it happened to me, right? Like where I placed my identity is Sean French, the baseball, baseball player. I didn't know who the hell I was, you know, and, you know, I'm thinking about this and, you know, I haven't been very public about it, but, you know, like I've talked about it in my broadcast channel to the people that are involved in that. I've said it on maybe one podcast. Now it's about to be a second one. You know, I've had a lot of um, conversations with people of TED Talk and my idea, and and I just did my first interview the other day and I I think I'm going to get it. I find out early December, but it just, there was a lot of synergy there that one of the interviewers actually is a lacrosse player that, a former lacrosse player that listens to my show. And so I had a, I had a leg up right there. Um, but the biggest thing was my, my idea. And this is something that I think, you know, that we're all aligned with here on this, on this, in the show right now is when you tie your, your identity to a specific thing that you do when it's over, you don't know who you are. So when athletes are forced into retirement early, whether it's from an injury or they just can't play at those higher levels anymore, or someone's better than them. And then they lose that part of their life. I mean, so many mental issues, mental wellness, after the fact, um, drug use, suicide, right? All these different things for these, these young athletes are just giving up on their lives because they're no longer the baseball player. They're no longer the football player. So, you know, for me, I'm passionate about, and that's why I do the athlete community every Sunday night, you know, these kids pay to, to be a part of this and it's like getting them to know and to work with them to know that, Hey, this is just something that they do. You know, I don't care how good you are. And, and, and again, granted, I have division one pitchers in the, in the group, division one athletes. I have Volleyball players from the University of Notre Dame in this group, like they're not just you know slapsticks athletes. Like they're they need to know that when they are done, they need they better know who they are, right? Because if you don't know who you are when you're done, you're gonna go a, a spiral. And you know how I know that because I spiraled. I spiraled. I was drinking way too much. I was womanizing. I was burning bridges to a point where. My friends that I had when I was a kid, we don't even speak anymore. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to speak to, I wouldn't want to be friends with me anymore from that dude back in the day. Now they don't know who I am anymore. Right. They're missing out. I'm missing out on them. Right. But, but the bottom line is like, to your point, like if you don't know who you are, you're cooked.
2: Yeah, that's so true. And I think I hope that my athletes take that away from working with me is that I, I enjoy their victories as much as they do. I'm, like, so happy for them because it's important to them. But at the end of the day, if they have a bad performance, I don't think any differently of them. Like, yeah. um, and um, they're more important to me as people than who they are as how they perform on, a, mm-hmm. on the, the athlete field. Mm. The, um,
0: I love that you said that, Jason, because... Um, I have, so I don't have kids of my own, but I have two amazing nieces who play softball up North. And, um, one of the things that I try to do with them as much as possible is obviously support them, but support them from a place of, um, not did they win or did they lose or did they, you know, how many home runs did they get? I always ask them, what did you learn today? How were you a good teammate? Tell me, how were you a good teammate? How did you support your team? And what can you do better next time? Like, these are the sort of things that like I will, I, I like constantly try to, to hone in on them. And then praise them when I see like, you know, their teammate struck out, but when they came back into the dugout, they were like, it's, that's all right. You, you did them next time that's the stuff that you praise, right? Yeah. Like that yeah. was amazing. You're the best teammate ever. You're a leader there. Like great job. Keep that up. And I think that's a huge important part of what we can do like in, in all, you know, all of us together at, in this type of community is really praise and reward those behaviors, right? That we, that we look to. I,
1: I love that. I, Cause you know, it's funny. I never, pray, I never praise ability. Never, never let my son is very talented. It's in his blood. He can run like a deer. I don't know where he got that because I can't, but you know, he's got a very strong arm. He doesn't know how to use it yet. His, his swing is impeccable and I've never, I've never worked on it yet. He's, he's 10. Right. And I'm, I'm not going to throw that on him right now. I want to see if he falls in love with the game, like truly loves yes. it. But the one thing that I'll always praise is, is attitude and effort. Like, Hey, I really loved watching you compete out there today. Great job. Yes. That's it. I don't, I don't talk about the game on the way home. I don't talk about, Hey, you're second at bat. You know, what were you thinking? Like, dude, that is the worst thing that you could do to a kid. It's like, they're there. They're, that's how you build the perfectionist complex. That's why I'm all screwed up in between the years because my dad did that to me. I was going to say, Sean, though, but how many
0: times do you see the opposite from oh, right right so i think you are very much the minority percentage there um at, f- from a parent i would imagine
1: one thousand percent because i understand it I, I i know the outcome i already know how the story ends right so i think that when we don't take our experiences and give it back that's when we're taken from society we have the responsibility to bestow our knowledge and our experiences onto children and onto parents to a point where I'm most parents love me, right? But there's some that don't. Here's the ones that don't love me. Those little, those little ones that come over the dugout and start coaching their kid from from the stands or from the other side of the dugout and they're yelling at him because they made the air. Those parents don't like me, <laughs> right? Because I walk up to him after the game. "Hey, love that you're here. Thank you so much for supporting the team and and your son. Your son's 9. Can you stop? Do you think do you think he feels good when you're screaming at him? Actually, you know what? He he probably wants to cry because he feels unloved." Yeah. It's not about making there. He feels unloved and you're creating a very unsafe space for your child and you need to stop. I'm more than willing to work with you on the side so you can become a better sports parent.
2: It's incredible how very little encouragement these kids need. Mm -hmm. It'll make the hugest difference.
1: Yeah. (laughs)
2: And just to have someone like you as a coach that can provide that for them. Maybe they're not getting
1: it at home. And that's such a huge win. Dude, listen to this. So I coached a fall ball team here in Fort Myers. You know, we, we did is the rec league is at Ruttenberg, right? Nothing crazy. We had one game a week and one practice a week. And the last game, one of my pitchers and they're young. This is the minors, right? They're young. He started doing really poorly on the mountain and I think he hit a batter or something like that to top it all off. And then he, he punched himself in the face. Oh my I called time to me. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. I, I called time and I went out there and, and this is after like, he's punched the ground and he's almost through his bat. I'm like, this poor young man is going through some tumultuous inner dialogue right now. And, and it's going to torpedo him. And so I went out to the mound, I called time, went out the mound and I pulled him. And I said, I said, Hey, do you know, what I'm, you know, what I'm taking you out of the game right now. He goes, yes, sir. I go, why is that? Cause I'm not throwing strikes. I just sit a batter and I, I'm, I'm doing terrible. I suck right now. I'm like, no, man, I'm taking you out of the game because I'm concerned. You just hit yourself in the face. I was like, I love you. There's no, there's no, there's no time for that. You need to go to the dugout and, and speak to one of my assistants who is a clinical psychologist. Right. And, and says, Hey, you know, I said, Hey, can you, can you, can you talk to him? Because you know, that's, that's, this is more important right now. So his dad comes over and I was like, Hey, listen, you know, I just want to talk to you. I took your son out. he's like, no, he wasn't pitching. Well, I'm like, I was like, sir, I didn't take him out because of that. I took him out because he harmed himself. There's some, there's some things that we need to talk about. So after the game, I'm talking to the kid and, you know, of course, you know, he's crying and, 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 and all that stuff. And, you know, I just told him like how much I cared about him and how much he helped the team during the fall and how his future's bright. And, and like, listen, you are not the sum of your performance. Like you're allowed to have a bad day. Mm -hmm. You're allowed to have as many bad days as you want. You're 10 or 11, like who cares? Right. And at the end of it, he's like, thank you. And I go, can I hug you? I gave him a big hug, and his dad came up to me after the game. He's like, Coach, I just don't know what to say. I'm like, what's up, man? He goes, I've never seen a coach like you. You actually care about these kids' emotions. So I care more about that. I care about everything. And it was such it was such a moment to where it is a reminder, Jason, right, that and energy, the purpose of why I do what I do is because I could be their only line of defense. And that kid has a great family, right? He's just going through some stuff. But like, that to me, scared me. Because it reminded me of me when I was a kid. And that's what they don't get. And that's what I didn't tell them. And now everybody listening to this, a thousand people are gonna download the show, are gonna listen. Like they, I was that kid because I was so scared to go home if I did poorly.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Heavy, man. Yeah, for sure. Heavy, heavy shit. And there's a, there's a balance to it, too, obviously. You want to be able to expect greatness out of yourself.
1: Absolutely. You want to do great things, right? You want to be successful, but, like, God almighty, like, to what end? Right. Right? And, and, and how much better can we be? Like, how much healthier would we be if we just focused on the next play? Run the play, man. You know? Everything's a play. The show's a play right now. This is a play in your day. Mm-hmm. It's a play in my day. And we killed it, by the way. We killed it. Yeah, we did. Your first meal is a play. If you move your body, it's a play. So, like, I just think yeah, that... One percent, right? One percent. One percent. Atomic habits, man. <laughs> Atomic habits. <laughs> yeah. Listen, guys, I, I really enjoyed having you on today you've given the audience an an impeccable amount of value and just not, not just, you know, wellness and and rehabilitation for injuries, but just showing the community who you guys are and what your businesses, you know, signify. Um, If you guys could just tell the audience for those that are local, where they can find you, how they can work with you. Because I would imagine a lot of the local athletes here do know about you guys, but for those that don't, talk to them a little bit right now that now's your time to say like hey come work
0: with us (laughs) yeah absolutely so um i mean that as sean said that's what we do our goal is to help athletes save time and get better faster so that's what we're here for um apex physical therapy and live resilient are right next door to each other um mcgregor san carlos gladiolus right near that big intersection there uh, you can find us we also have a location in Cape Coral but um, you know website apex physical therapy or live resilient um, and then on social it's uh, apex physical therapy swfl or live resilient swfl
2: yes. right yeah, at live.resilient.swfl
0: um, so you can
1: I'm going to make it easy for these people yeah. for when they click on your name it's going to take them to your website Heart each one of your beautiful and I'm gonna put your social media handles in their links, so that they can click on it, go follow you, and uh, just learn more about you, and and so that way they can come see you when they need when they need to. So and Sean,
0: you know, super quick, what you mentioned it in the beginning, but what some folks don't know is you you can come see us as your primary entry point, as your primary care. A provider for all things sports injury musculoskeletal injury pain dysfunction movement balance recovery all of those things so um you know we are your first point of contact and can be obviously if there is an issue that is greater than our scope um we collaborate with lots of great folks in this area too and could get you in the hands of, of others um, that would help you too so
1: Yeah. Thank you for um, saying that, Angie, because, you know, guys, I didn't have a referral to go to them. I just called and I had an appointment the next day. I mean, it's just amazing. So um, after one appointment, I felt better and, you know, you can too. So give them a call. Uh, But, but listen, guys, we're going to close it out. I, I thank you guys both so much for hopping on and for the listeners. I want you guys to take today and decipher what you want to do to become 1% better today, how to be resilient in your wellness, take ownership over it. And you know what? But give yourself a a damn break. Find out who you are and take small steps in improving that person and have fun with it and be a beacon of light to those that are around you. And until next time, guys, make good decisions and share this damn show, all right? Share the show. If you haven't already, go there and leave a rating for us. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. So peace out, y'all. Southwest Florida is one of the most beautiful places on the planet to live. For those of you that are thinking of moving from other states to come to Florida, or even just moving to a different part of the state, I want you to think of a big, beautiful luxury home. Contact Legacy Luxury Builders. They are a family-owned and operated luxury residential construction company. As a family-owned business, they believe in the power of building not just homes, but legacies. Contact Legacy luxury builders unlock your true potential on the field and court with our peak mental performance program for athletes train your mind to conquer challenges stay focused under pressure and achieve unparalleled success our expert coaches will guide you through personalized techniques enhancing concentration resilience and confidence picture yourself outperforming your rivals making split second decisions with clarity and achieving victory like never before join us today and elevate your game to new heights peak mental performance program where champions are forged in the mind email me today sean.french at thedeterminedsociety.com for more information see you inside